Welcome to the Irish Mummy Podcast, where we get real about marriage, motherhood, business and success. The show where you get to know that you don't need to choose between motherhood and success. Welcome to the Irish Mummy. On today's episode, we are discussing the greatest gift for you and your children. And it just happens to be being released this episode on Christmas Eve. So if you're listening to this on the 24th of December, 2020, I hope you're having a great Christmas Eve. Yes, totally. So I really, really love this topic because I think that it is probably the greatest topic that we could ever record. Mm -hmm. And especially it's fitting for this time of year when you think about what Christmas represents. So if we think about Christmas, um, we kind of associate it as a time of giving. You know, we give gifts and we receive gifts. And when we think about, you know, Christmas is a Christian tradition, the Mm -hmm. gift of Christ and all of those things. But the thing that I was thinking about that's that's really apparent when I look back in my life in hindsight is the power of the gift of giving mm-hmm. or serving. Mm-hmm. And it's something Just charity. But it's something that we don't really, I suppose we don't really talk about it in terms of the value it creates in our life, in our self-esteem, in our emotions and all these things. Mm-hmm. So let's just think about... And when Rosie talks about giving, she's talking about the giving giving out of pure love and charity, not giving for recognition. Oh yeah, totally. Just wanted so, to clarify that. So let's let's think about giving in terms of us as parents wanting to give to our children. We get great joy serving our children or giving to our children. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we kind of tend to overgive our children is because we don't realize how good it feels to give. And we're constantly giving to our children. But sometimes because we give so much to our children, we forget to help them to practice doing the same thing so that they yep. can receive the same benefits of giving. So let's think about it. If you if you constantly give to a child... I'm loving this, by the way. And the child is used to receiving all the time, even though it's, it's nice to receive, but if they get used to receiving and they don't have any association that comes with giving... Yeah, so that flow through doesn't happen. Yeah, that... that they can start to be, become someone who thinks, okay, it's good to receive, but I don't want to, they, they, Adam, you, you said it earlier, sometimes without realizing that they might become hoarders. Yeah, exactly. That they're, you know, they're, they, they, they love receiving, but they, they, they then, they place so much value in receiving that they don't know enough about giving. And it was funny because as we were studying out and talking about this topic and so the direction we wanted to take it, I was thinking about with Sisha about how you were helping her recently give give invite her to give some of her stuff to to those that the, the those that need it and Sisha's been reluctant she really like she remembers everything she has like even like a half a fragment of a broken unicorn from like 3 years ago but something shifted just go into that story a little bit. Like, h- how did that shift? Because she went from reluctant and afraid no, of losing so, stuff. <clears throat> Searsha went from, she's got her favorite things. And she didn't want them to disappear 
mm-hmm. as in just to go nowhere. Like she didn't want them to disappear. But when she watched, we had been um, collecting some things to give them away. And I was explaining to Paddy where they were going. And when she saw Paddy getting some things together to give away, the spirit of where they were going, she was really captured by it, that they would go to someone who would use them, who needs them. Yeah. And all of a sudden she went into her little wardrobe and she gathered all the things that she would like to give. Now, she still has her favourite little things that she didn't want to go anywhere. But it was interesting when she understood where the things were going and why, she all of a sudden, the joy of giving like she became motivated by it. It was like because she the was giving had a purpose. I think that was the key thing that you shared was that the giving had a purpose. Like they were going somewhere, not just going anywhere. And the interesting thing was then the giving became joyful for her. So something, something being gone is different from giving, you know, mm-hmm. because giving is going somewhere. Well, giving, giving is a, is is an action and it has a mode of like positive emotion attached to it generally whereas if they're not giving then someone else is taking yes and then kids get like jam up i everyone jams up you know what i mean when we think someone's taking something from us and i think that's the difference as well between forcing someone to give where it's been taken off them versus allowing them space for them to give because Giving has to be something that we choose to do. It, it can't be something that's forced on us or else it's not going to have the joy. But when you choose to give from a place of wanting to give, it does bring joy. Now, I'm going to bring up a story because this is a prime example of where we don't actually understand what brings joy and giving brings joy well it's pure love if you think of charity it's love so i remember when i and i don't know if i've told this i probably have another podcast but i remember when i was in college and i was kind of just over the whole um going out just i just i was just over it and anyway my granny lived like a four or five hour bus journey away and i decided you know what i'm going to go visit my granny so I got on, I would get on a bus on, I think it was like a Wednesday afternoon and I decided, you know what, I'll study going down and then I can study on the way back. Went down, I'd spend the evening with her the following morning and then I would get the four or five hour bus journey back again to um, because I was working as well at the time. And it was so funny, on that bus journey, I was filled with joy. And when I was with my granny, I was filled with joy. And when I was coming back, I was filled with joy. And it was the first time I really recognized the emotion, joy, where maybe I just hadn't felt it in a while. So that when I did feel it on that trip, I really recognized it. But I was like, wow, I'm like bursting with this joyful emotion. And it's literally bursting out of me. And after that, I recognized times when I had that emotion. And now as I look back, it was always where I was doing something for somebody else. And you look at that specific thing because when we think of giving, we think of we think of um, being being abundant with our substance with other people. But our substance can be our mercy, it can be our love, it can be our time, it can be our affection. Well, something that someone else values. Exactly. And like your granny being five hours away, 
she valued presence. She presence as in someone's physical presence. And as well, she would have valued the time it would have taken me to get to where the investment. And you think about it, I was in college. like Which is the sacrifice. Yeah. And like you think about your friends would be like, why, why were you doing that on like a Wednesday night or a Thursday night? Like that wouldn't make sense to people. But it's, it's weird because when you're younger, especially in your teenage years, and then I suppose your 20s and even your early 30s, you can be conditioned to think that doing doing the things that you want to do is what will bring you joy in life and not those other things. And I think I recognized from that point onwards things that brought me joy. And I think even from that that probably time in my life, I pulled back from what other people were doing that were probably my age group where if I was doing something and it wasn't bringing me joy, I started to pay attention. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Other people who were living the opposite to me, even though they're trying to act like they're happy, I know they're not because I know what brings me happiness and I know what brings me joy. And I know when I'm not feeling it. And I started to actually look at life like, you know what? People don't actually know how to be happy. And sometimes they're they're copying what other people are doing. You know what I mean? So I basically learned to stop copying what other people were doing and start paying attention to what actually brought me happiness and joy. And the funny thing was, it always revolved around, I suppose, giving, serving or working. And it made me realize that sometimes we chase things thinking that that would bring us happiness or joy and we don't pay attention to what actually does. So when I think about like serving or giving, I know that that, that brings joy. And if, and you're so true. I like, I, I love that story that you shared about um, going up to your grannies. You know what I mean? It's like, it's such a powerful statement of of giving of one's time and, and the impact that that would have made would have been huge. And it's funny because I remember I read an article recently um, and it's an older article. Um, I can't remember the author, but it was called A Man for All Seasons. It was about, he wrote it about his dad who was 100 and he said he came from a generation where it was about service, not self-entitlement. And it was so true because like my, my great-grandfather fought all the way through World War II and he came back and he never spoke about it. He didn't want applause or anything like that. Now he was, I'm sure he was emotionally as well as physically scarred from it. Um, but it was just people served, like there was there was a duty they to- They silently to, served. They silently served and he didn't want recognition. And the particular article, A Man for All Seasons, is incredible. Look it up, just A Man for All Seasons, Wall Street Journal. Um, and it's just- they served, there was a duty of service, you know what I mean? Not what can I get, what's in yeah. it for me. It was like, well, what can I do for others? And I think I think Christmas, the thing that we can teach our kids, and not just at Christmas, but we're this is obviously airing, this is coming to you on the 24th of December this year. It's, a, it's, it's literally about where can we shift our perspective? Because Christmas is great, there's presents, there's joy, there's happy kids and tired kids and sugar-filled kids and parents and stuff like that. But what can you do to serve others? 
And there's some simple things you can do. So what are some simple things people can do to serve others, especially at this time of year when there's vulnerable people? We're in a, this is, we're in a, a year where COVID has impacted our, our Christmas celebrations. Like my family's on the other side of the world and there's no chance of getting to them or anything like that. Um, there's people that are vulnerable, they're alone. Well, I think one thing as well is, especially if you do have small children, is include them in whatever you do do. So like, you know, talk to your kids so about, true. about like, okay, who can we help? So that when you go to do something, like that maybe it's not what they want to do, but when you go to do it, that they see the purpose behind it and they feel excited about doing it. But I think there, it's it's literally little things. So it could be like baking, like our kids love baking. So it could be like baking biscuits or buns for some buns, cupcakes. Um, but it could be something as small. Well, let's think about this. We all know that it's lovely to receive. Mm-hmm. So when you're making something for someone, no matter who you bring it to, no matter what they have, it's lovely to receive. Mm-hmm. So. You and it could, doesn't have to be grand gestures. No. Like the smallest things, like the bus trip. Like how much did the bus cost you? Oh, no idea. Tenner, maybe? Maybe 10 or 20. Like 10 know. or 20. So it was 20 euro. Like, but it, what, but think of it, that it wasn't the money. No, no, it was nothing to do with the money. That, no, that but I'm was, just saying like that was a smaller investment of cash, but a profound investment of love and time. Where it's funny, I didn't even think about, I wouldn't even thought about the bus ticket. I would have just been thinking about the time like I was that that and and the thing was I got so much joy from going up that I I did it more often because I was like wow I just couldn't believe and it's so funny because somebody else in my shoes would have been like what did I miss did I miss something where are my friends what were they doing but I was like wow I, I there was nothing I could have done that would have brought me more joy than that trip but let's think about like what are small things you can do there's Thinking baking it could just be a card yeah anything but just something small and the thing about it is it could be something it could be something for someone who you don't know they have a need and you're just you're thinking about them so maybe it's them you choose or somebody that you know has a need like a specific need um like it's it's funny because i remember we were watching um a video and it was of somebody bringing a a cooked dinner to somebody who had had a baby. And it's interesting because sometimes we don't, we probably don't do things for other people because we don't want to, you know, interfere with their life or they might think it's strange. But the thing what I've noticed in life is that if you give to somebody, even if it's out of the blue, it's never strange. No, exactly. It's always like, wow, thank you. So I think it can be anything but I, I think the main thing that I suppose why I want to this episode is, is that by you doing that, it can bring you joy. And if you teach your kids to do it, they can learn how to create joy in their lives. And it becomes, and, it, and you know what, the, the, we, you were talking about this the other day, Rosie. It gives a whole new meaning to what you have. because oh, yeah. Because you don't sort of covet your things. You know what I mean? they become a throughput. Like, it's like... You can appreciate them, but you're not attached to them. Yeah, well, and it's like I, um, I I heard a really cool saying. It's like, you don't own your kids. You're just minding, you're just minding them for God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the same stuff, same with your stuff. Like, like, you will have a finite usage for most of your stuff, other than, say, your wedding ring or something like that. And 
but if you're seeing it as like you're a caretaker of something until someone who needs it more than you puts identifies themselves or whatever and i think the other thing as well is what's important is when you teach your children to give and to serve what happens is is that when they're older they're they're not searching for themselves like you'll have people where they're like searching for themselves you know and it's later in life and it's they don't realize that what they're searching for is that just say you get joy from serving and giving and working and someone's like well I want to find joy somewhere else so they go searching for other things in life and you know what well, I mean? and then the, and a lot of people who search for it's funny that you bring this up um, because so many people are, are seeking abundance but what they end up doing is they seek acquisition. They seek acquire, the acquiring of things. And you can never be truly abundant until things can flow through you well, and you can give to others. Let's think about some of the most successful businesses in the world. They didn't actually start out as businesses. They start out as somebody really wanting to serve. like Solve a problem. They came up, yeah, and they saw something in society that they felt compelled to create a solution because they found the problem, mm -hmm. you know, was difficult for people. And they served and literally they'd work a day or night trying to bring this solution. And they were they were doing it from a place of service. But because their service was so good, their business became very, turned into a business, it became very successful. And if you think about it, any successful business, all that is is some is something that is serving, but it's but this is the key part. It's serving quietly, silently, or secretly. You're not doing it to get the recognition. If you do it for that, your reward will be the recognition. But if you don't do it from that place, the reward will be the joy, the positive ripple effect that comes from it. So true. So true. And I think, I think, you know, if we think and about people, And people will, people will feel where you're doing it for recognition. You know what I mean? They'll feel it and it won't, if it'll have that icky feeling attached to it. And I think it's just as well. It's, it's, it's again, I, th I think this is the biggest thing that I've learned like over, I suppose, over my lifetime, but you know, your especially three, three and a half decades. Yeah. But I think it's that, is is really understanding where joy comes from. So I'll give an example. When you have, when you've had a hard day's work and you go to bed, you're satisfied. Mm -hmm. When you've had a day where you've just lounged around, you haven't really done much, you haven't really achieved much, going to bed, it's like you nearly don't want to go because you feel like you still haven't accomplished that with your day. So maybe mm -hmm. you stay up late doing other stuff that's pointless. It's kind of like that with serving. It's like, you know, if you if I were to look at people in the community, I remember there's there's one lady and I remember anytime there'd be like a uh, like an event or it could be like an anniversary or a party or a funeral or, you know, even a wedding or something coming up. She'd always just pop in and drop scones and buns into people's houses and she'd often drop it in when there was no one there. And I remember any time I ever like met her coming or going, she was always serving. Mm -hmm. She was always doing for others. But like she literally had an angelic aura about her. And it's funny because 
she was doing it quietly, silently, sometimes secretly. And I used to always think she must have the best life because I love seeing her coming. And I I think it was like just that that quite like what's the word? Just it's that countenance. Yeah, yeah. Just just so amazing. And I think it's just because giving was part of who she was and serving was part of who she was. And, and it clearly it impacted you and set an example. And I think when we're when we're showing at this time of the year, like and it's not just at this time of the year, but it's 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 easy to think of it at this time of the year because there is a lot of flow of abundance of gifts and toys and everything like that. Um, and think about the people that you can serve this Christmas. And it's not just a Christmas. Think and about beyond. when Christmas is over, you know, where are there people who might need your help? Like I remember one day I was sitting in a room with somebody and I suppose I didn't know them and in my mind, I was, uh, which is unusual for me, but I was staying a little bit quiet because I, I, I just kind of assumed that maybe they didn't want me to talk to them. I don't know. I just, I just had this thing in my head. But anyway, eventually we got talking and I realized that they had so many needs mm-hmm. and I felt like literally bursting out crying I just I didn't realize how many needs they had and in that moment they were a stranger to me so I knew nothing about them and I just made assumptions that they were fine they were happy they didn't need help but when I got talking to them and they opened up I realized I was one of the few people they had confided in probably ever and I just realized how I could have missed that moment and I just start to think like, wow, how many people out there that we don't know of the need they have? And if we just were to serve a little bit, you know, it could open up for us to serve more or it could be something that could just, it could have been exactly what well, they needed. It's such a chain reaction as well. It, it, it creates an energy out into the world. It lights the world up when you, when someone does a good deed without need for recognition for, for someone else, it sets off a chain of events. Like the, you've seen those things where they pay it forward and things like that. But when it's done silently, subtly, um, it just takes on this special energy. And, and when you think about Christmas and, 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 and Jesus, the Savior, like the, the humility with which service is performed. And I think as well, especially for your children, when you teach your children to do it and then the more they do it and the more joy it brings them, the more they want to do it, like it's the best habit they can have. And and for me, I'm just noticing like the more that they get good at giving, the more they get good at letting go of things and the less attached they become to things where their conversation around things change. Like, you know, going from being afraid to lose something to being okay with something going like even for them it 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 allows them to become I suppose not superficial but less attached to material things that they can appreciate them and enjoy them but they're not attached to them where you know it could cause a tantrum or you know like where it causes so much negative emotion yeah you know what I mean like it's and it's not just about physical things like Patty Patty shared a story with us recently about 
we he'd had the feeling and we'd spoken with him and stuff like that about to look out for people that were needed a bit of a boost at school or whatever or, or a bit of if they were sad or isolated or lonely or something like that and and just to pay attention and to pay attention and he he came home one of the days and said that um like in a particular class they do certain things and they have to pick someone and he noticed that someone hadn't been being picked for that particular thing and he chose them and he just saw the joy that it brought to their face whereas it's funny because when you think about it it shifts the focus because when someone is focused on themselves then you know they can feel hard done by by the world but when they're focused on someone else they forget their own problems so for me even I suppose as a mother I want my kids focused on other people so that there's less chance of them focusing on the things that aren't important now things that are important for them obviously I want I I'm I'm always paying attention to that well that's where we as parents come in yeah exactly but I think it's like you know it's like if, if, if um, you know, even when we went to Portugal, the kids were a little bit self-conscious about themselves, maybe not being the same culture, not having the same language. But when I was trying to get them to shift to think about other kids in the room who maybe aren't from there and they're brand new, it shifted their focus away from them feeling self-conscious because now they were looking out for other people who maybe were self-conscious and it was interesting they, that it was the same type of thing. The shift away from themselves was a positive thing. And then it gave them purpose to focus on something else. I love this message. Such a so, beautiful message for this time of year. Exactly. And we can, the Christmas spirit that we have now, we can carry that through, you know, into January, February, March, April, May. So we hope everybody has a fantastic, and peaceful, happy, joyful, safe, happy, loving. safe grateful Christmas yeah and we shall talk to you all next time bye